Hello and welcome to HW News Report. Here you can listen to news from political and economical world. Follow this podcast now to stay updated. At HW News, we have been delivering news that matters to you. Our goal is to present you with information that simulates conversation around topics of larger public importance that are often lost in the noise of shrill prime time. My name is Aarti and you are watching HW News. Welcome to South Connect. This is our weekly show where we talk about important news from across five states of Southern India. Let's begin with Karnataka. The Congress released second list of candidates for the upcoming Karnataka Assembly polls and the questions over whether Siddharamaya will contest from two seats still remained unanswered. In the first list, Siddharamaya's name appeared. He will be contesting from Varuna seat. After two days of deliberations by the party's Central Election Committee at the AICC headquarters, the Congress released its list of 42 candidates, which showed one seat had been given to Darshan Putanaya of Sarvodaya Karnataka Party. Darshan is the son of the popular deceased farmer leader Putanaya. With this list, Congress has announced names of candidates for 166 seats so far. Out of the 166, 11 candidates are from the Muslim community. The list so far has only six women candidates, of whom only one is a non-incumbent. According to the Congress sources, 11 among the second list of 42 candidates are Lingayats, including one Reddy Lingayat, another 11 are Vokkaligas, three Kurubas, three Muslims, four from SCs and two are from STs. The second list, however, does not have a single woman candidate. While the party has already announced Siddharamaya as its candidate for the Varuna constituency, the former chief minister is said to be keen on contesting from the Kolar seat as well. The party's internal surveys have suggested that Kolar is a risky seat for Siddharamaya, one that would require all of his attention and time and leave him no space to campaign for the party in the rest of the state. Siddharamaya's assessment of the seat, however, indicates that his bid from Kolar would help consolidate minority, backward classes and Dalit votes even in the neighbouring seats in favour of Congress. With the party state president D.K. Shivkumar and his faction adamant that no candidate would contest from more than one seat, Siddharamaya contesting from Kolar has been a bone of contention here. Let's move on to the next news from the state. The move by Amul Cooperative Society, the dairy giant from Anand in Gujarat to venture into the Bengaluru retail market with its dairy products, milk and curd, has been met with flack and suspicion by farmers and residents of Karnataka. Amul's announcement comes at a time dairy farmers have been expressing concerns over the adverse impact the Karnataka Milk Federation and its flagship Nandini brand as well as farmers dependent on the cooperative may face if richer and stronger brands like Amul are allowed to compete in the marketplace. Union Home Minister and Minister for Cooperation Amit Shah calling for cooperation between Gujarat's Amul and Karnataka's Nandini had led to a flurry of angry reactions from farmers and Kannada right activists alike. We had also reported about that. Social media was abuzz recently with teasers and advertisement from Amul Cooperative Society's Twitter handle. 
In one such teaser, the dairy giant stated that Amul milk and curd would be available from Kengeri to Whitefield, wishing everyone a taza, that is fresh day. Many residents of Bengaluru expressed discontent online over Amul's move to enter Karnataka, which has its own Karnataka Milk Federation and its favorite brand Nandini for milk and curd. One netizen posted, so this story is coming true of Amul taking over brand Nandini of KMF. Already milk and curd of Nandini are in shortage in Bengaluru and Nandini ghee is out of stock since last two months. Well, how this plays out, one has to see. Next up is news from Kerala. The man accused of setting ablaze fellow passengers on a moving train in Kerala was diagnosed with jaundice on Thursday, a day after he was arrested in Maharashtra. Shahrukh Saifi, the main accused in the train attack case, was examined at the Koikod Medical College Hospital and he will be under treatment for a few days. He was admitted to the hospital after permission from ADGP, the chief of the special investigation team probing the case. Now, the 24-year-old Saifi will undergo treatment in a special cell in the hospital. Saifi was taken into custody by the Maharashtra Police's anti-terror squad from Ratnagiri and he was later handed over to a three-member team of the Kerala Police. Saifi, who hails from Uttar Pradesh, worked as a migrant labourer in the construction sector in Kerala's Koikol. On Sunday, April 2nd, he was seen boarding the D1 coach of the Alapura Kannur Express, sprinkling patrol inside and setting fire to it. Two passengers suffered critical burn injuries, while three people, including a two-year-old, died while jumping off the train to avoid the attack. Let's move on to the next state, that is Tamil Nadu. Tamil Nadu Governor Arun Ravi has stoked controversy yet again, calling the anti-sterlite protest in Tutukudi foreign-funded. Speaking at an event at the Raj Bhavan on Thursday, Ravi said it was entirely foreign funding activities that led to the protest. Unfortunately, there was police firing that cost innocent lives. That is the very sad part of it. But they wanted Sterlite to be closed. Sterlite was providing 40% of the country's copper needs. And you know how important copper is for the electronics industry. Now, the protest against Vedanta Sterlite copper smelting plant in Tutukudi began in opposition to the environmental degradation in the surrounding areas and the host of health issues faced by the people living around the plant. On May 22, 2018, marking the 100th day of the agitation, protesters took out a massive rally. Police opened fire, killing 14 people in total, including 17-year-old Snowlane, who died from a bullet wound to her mouth. At the event, Ravi also said that today, foreign and external elements are not in a position to take on India directly. So our vulnerability is within. Create issues, create disharmony, Create a situation which stops the progress, create tension, create riots. Well, RN Ravi's statements have led to huge controversy in the state once again, with ruling DMK members calling for his resignation once again. Let's move on to the next state, Andhra Pradesh. The BRS, which is looking to make inroads into Andhra Pradesh, appears to have found a footing there thanks to the central government's decision to privatize the Vishakhapatnam-based state-run steelmaker Rashtriya Ispat Nigam Limited. The BRS, it is learnt, is also getting ready to hold talks on the future course of action with the workers' union of the Vishakhapatnam steel plant, which have been agitating to bring pressure to resist the privatization of the public sector undertaking. The Central Government's Cabinet Committee on Economic Affairs on 27th of January 2021 decided to go for 100% strategic disinvestment of RINL. 
The plan was immediately opposed by the workers, trade unions and local political parties, both opposition and the ruling party in the state. In an open letter to the central government on Sunday, BRS working president K.T. Ramarao detailed what he called evil plans of the central government to hand over the VSP to private players, the reasons behind the steel plant incurring losses and the ways in which the plant could be revived. Let's move on to the next state, Telangana. A magistrate court in Warangal district of Telangana late evening on Thursday granted bail to state BJP chief Bandi Sanjay Kumar. Sanjay was arrested in the early hours of Wednesday for his alleged role in the leaking of SSC question papers. The Lok Sabha member from Karim Nagar segment was named accused number one in the case and sent to judicial custody for 14 days. Earlier in the day, Sanjay said in a letter that his arrest was part of a larger conspiracy by the BRS. Earlier in the day, Sanjay said in a letter that his arrest was a part of larger conspiracy by the Bharat Rashtra Samiti government in Telangana led by Chief Minister K. Chandra Shekhar Rao and that there was no question of succumbing to these conspiracies. Sanjay said Prime Minister Narendra Modi withstood similar conspiracies hatched by the previous rulers against him following the Godhra violence in Gujarat in the form of court cases and malicious campaigns in the news media. Telangana BJP President Bandi Sanjay Kumar was arrested in a late-night operation on Tuesday by the police. Bandi Sanjay posted several videos of the dramatic arrest on his Twitter handle as well. Let's move on to the next news from the state. In what is being called as a first for India, the Telangana government launched a cool roof policy on Monday to help provide a cost-effective and climate-friendly solution to escalating temperatures caused by rampant urbanization. Under the policy, government, commercial and residential buildings in the state will be required in a phased manner to adopt cool roofs. These use materials that reflect sunlight and absorb less heat, reducing the building's overall temperature and lowering energy consumption due to air conditioners and so on. The Telangana Cool Roofs Policy 2023-2028 to was launched in Hyderabad by IT and Municipal Administration Minister K.T. Ramarao, who said he hoped the state would become a role model to others. Speaking to media persons, KTR said the measure would build resilience against extreme heat, improve thermal comfort and move the state towards reducing urban heat islands in its cities. The urban heat island effect refers to a phenomenon where highly urbanized areas experience higher temperatures than surrounding regions. Such islands form since built surfaces like roads and rooftops tend to absorb and retain more heat than natural surfaces. Other than higher temperatures and related illness, heat islands are also associated with poor air quality and higher energy consumption due to the use of fans and ACs which further adds to greenhouse gas emission. Well, that's all for this week's South Connect. Share your views in the comment box below. For more news and updates, you can log on to www.hwnews.in. If you like this episode, please rate us with five stars right now. HW News Podcasts are available on Benchpods and all other audio platforms. Also, don't miss to check out South Connect from the House of HW News Podcasts. And we're sure you'll love it too.